Do you hear that creepy voice? Recording in progress. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> or in like a cutthroat environment, depending on what you're looking at, um, either avoiding or accommodating. Hey, if you don't know by now, I'm Jeanette. I'm your host. Welcome to 2022. New intro, same great podcast. Hold on, we're coming at you. Got a familiar voice here with us. It's Taylor. Hi, Taylor. <laughs> so, last episode, we talked fighting fair. This week, we're talking about push it. Push it real good. We are talking about conflict and how conflict is not a dirty word. It can be a good thing. You learn to do it and learn to make it count. So, just to kind of recap from last week, uh, differentiating between conflict and fighting fighting we said definitely had that emotional emotional aspect to it and um, where conflict is kind of more of a professional setting something that you've got to get resolved to the step for fighting you can fight as long as you want to as long as you have the energy for it yeah. and we talked about the different things that you can do as far as fighting and how to fight fair you know keeping your mouth shut when you should and, and listening and using using and announcing the feelings um, and not holding grudges and bringing the past up and finding a resolve with it. So that that's fighting fair. This week we're talking conflicts and there's a right and a wrong way to do conflict. I've been guilty of not doing conflict well. If you haven't, have you lived? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. So for conflict, when people say, oh, there's a conflict, Usually it's like a dirty word. Like it just feels like, uh oh, this is a terrible thing. Heaviness, tense. Yeah. Which I don't I don't think it should be. I think conflict can be a good thing and I think it can propel and be a catalyst for change if it's done well. Yeah. So in researching some of this, because I'm a nerd and I I don't want to say I enjoy conflict because conflict isn't always comfortable, but I enjoy the process of getting through conflict. If conflict is inevitable, I mean. Yeah. Might as well figure out how to do it. So in, in my brain, there's there's five management styles for conflict. Real quick rundown of them, and then we'll go and break them down bit by bit. Uh, we've got accommodating, avoiding, collaborating, compromising, and competing. So um, something I think everybody should have in their back pocket, the ability to use all of these um, and know when's best to use them. Every conflict, I think, will have a different opportunity to utilize these skills and abilities. So like the the first one that we talked about, um, and we're going to do it in alphabetical order because that makes my heart happy, um, is, okay. <laughs> is accommodating. So accommodating is a I win, you lose type situation. So well, I, I, I would say accommodating is my, uh, what's the word? When you're really good at it. Your forte. Forte. Yes. Like we talked about, I'm the peacemaker. I'm the easygoing. That just feels like the way I should do it. I should accommodate to you and be submissive. Maybe. Yeah. I, I view it. And depending on who you fight with, it definitely could, who, who you have conflict with. Um, it could definitely just make that conflict end quickly. Yeah. Um, if done healthily and done properly, 
Um, it can definitely be a, a good thing, you know, conflict, unresolved conflict, I think can just bog stuff down and kind of stalls progress. So yeah, accommodating, I'm not great at accommodating always, um, depending on, on where I'm at and who, who or what role I, I need to be, um, I can accommodate, but kind of like anybody can make accommodations. We'll we'll give a little bit and we'll let you have. Doesn't mean you lose entirely. Doesn't mean they lose entirely, but or win entirely. Yeah, it's kind of like a game of tug of war. You're going to give it up a little bit, and that's where we land. So that's accommodating. Uh, two, avoiding. No one is. No one's coming to the table. We're just going to act like it didn't happen, and or we're not going to address it and just get over it. And like a real world example, I think you had one earlier. Off the top of my head, it would be family of. Or avoiding, are we, t- oh, sorry, let's go back. So I think you you had a uh, good example earlier for avoiding where, where no one wins. You just kind of let it be and let it go. And I think. Yeah. Is that road rage type yeah. avoiding, fighting? What's the point? For me, that's the easiest one. I don't know what it is. To me, I'm just like, why do we have to fight with someone that, I mean, I guess when you, when you're honk the horn at them. They know that you're there, but otherwise they don't hear you yelling at the steering wheel. They don't yeah. sometimes see your hand gestures. So just move on with it. Realize nothing, nothing's going to change from you getting angry. At least that's in the road rage. <laughs> yeah. And maybe avoiding is one of those that the paths will never cross and it's not, not anything consequential. It's a one-time thing. It is what it is. Just let it go. And where it lands, it, that's where it lands. So I definitely think um, that's a worthwhile one to have in your pocket um, to be healthy with. And then yourself too. Yes. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Not the song. Let it go either. Um, collaborating. This one, this one, I, I don't do well at. This is not something I'm great at. It's, it's a win-win. I win, you win. Um, coming together, kind of merging and everybody gets a little bit of the piece of the pie and everybody shares in it. And yeah, it's not my forte. We all have good ideas and we're all going to bring them and we're all going to say, Hey, you know, I feel like that's maybe how a marriage should sort of look most of the time compromise, maybe a good chunk. At least that's how our marriage goes is compromise. (laughs) But we both do sometimes have good ideas and why not try to work together, merge them and see where the eggs hatch. Like Vanilla Ice said, stop, collaborate and listen. Mm. So if that's stuck in your head later in the day, you're welcome. Um, but no, I think that's definitely collaborating and coming together, especially that's that's where it can be a catalyst for change. You can push together and realize what was there before that was causing conflict and tension doesn't need to be that way. Let's get together. Let's make this work for everybody. Um, if, if, a lot of people could collaborate. I think the world would be a little more peaceful if that was a skill everybody mastered. Mm. So note to self, add it to my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. And then you had you had brought this up just a little bit ago about compromising and, and kind of a marriage and collaborating versus compromising is you both give a little bit. Um, maybe not necessarily... In, in the positive way, we're collaborating. I feel like you're going both in the same direction. Compromise, I feel, is kind of like a, mm-hmm. a game of pinochle or arm wrestling. It's a little bit of back and forth, but you eventually, okay, 
we'll let it go and we'll let it ride right there and call a truce. Yeah, that's true. I can see the differences there. And compromising, I think, is one of those where I can think of an argument with a coworker that in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that big a deal. Maybe something like stop microwaving your fish in the microwave and I'll stop doing this. It's it's the compromise. You know, I'll give a little bit for you to stop doing that. Yeah. I will never talk to you again. <laughs> yeah. Um, compromise can be a good thing. Again, it can be a catalyst for change. Sometimes you have to have bargaining chips that you're willing to to give up for the greater good. Yeah. And I need I you to I can I can genuinely think of an example from again, it's these previous jobs. Um, from previous job, I am an ice cruncher, especially when it's like the good sonic sized ice, it's a little ice pellet. It just helps my brain stay productive. It allows my mouth to move. I don't know, but it was one of those. They were annoyed by it. I really liked it. Had I been a, um, maybe a better coworker, I would have just accommodated and stopped chewing the ice. But I was like, look, I enjoy it. I don't know what you want me to do about it. That's where I was, you know, young and trying to assert myself. So they ended up not having our corner of the desks be the social area. That was the compromise. I will stop chewing ice if you stop having parties at the end of the desk. So it worked out. It worked out for both parties. I just chew ice outside of the office. (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) Yes. So compromise. It's, It's good. Yeah. And I think for me, I can think of one in my marriage. The ultimate compromise I think that we've ever made was compromising for me to be home with our children, the compromise there. I mean, it's, it's good for both of us. There's pros in that for both of us, but the, the compromise there is that I'm always awake with the kids at, and not at the nighttime kind of wake ups, whatever happens there so that he can be rested and able to leave the home, you know, the house to go to work. So that was our compromise. Does it happen all the time? No. And the mama gets a nap when she needs it. Yeah, I can be home and get a nap. And but, you know, he doesn't have that luxury. So that was you know, how we made it work. The fifth one, I think, is the uh, one that I feel like I've mastered the most. Maybe not um, is competing. This is good, healthy competition. Yeah, where it's uh in my mind, it's almost like we're going to, we're going to try them both and we're going to see who's going to win. And we'll let the, we're just going to let it. I, I imagine like two Rams fighting, you know, head to head and bouncing off each other until one of them eventually either, you know, has to walk away or one of them dies or whatever the case is. Like we're going to fight till the death or in like a cutthroat environment, depending on what you're looking at, um, either avoiding or accommodating odds ever in your favor, maybe, but best of luck. You don't lose your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think I have a tendency to want to compete more as a, a way to let me prove myself. But I'm finding that it's a, it's an underdog position for me. Hmm. I think underdogs, you're either going to be somebody who who competes and that's how you can get ahead or in like a cutthroat environment, depending on what you're looking at, um, either avoiding or accommodating could be the flip side. I don't yeah. know that. I think you stay where you're at when you're just in, in compromise or collaboration mode. And I think for me, competing feels like that's the only way I'm going to get ahead. Probably not the most scientific evidence because obviously being able to master all these are, are healthy and should be used based on the situations. I feel like if you're always competing, 
you're trying to prove yourself and you haven't learned good conflict management, or you're in a position that maybe you're, you're, um, that's the way I want to, you're finding yourself in a lot more conflict than others. Mm. So you maybe should look and evaluate why is that? Is it the environment? Is it the job? Is it what I'm doing? Or is yeah, it I'm me. just, or am I just a butthead and I'm stubborn? Yeah. Need to learn myself a little better. Yeah. We all come to that. Yeah. And conflict management. I know we we said conflict is more of a, in my mind, at least it's more of a professional setting, something we have to get through. But I think it's also a way of dealing with somebody that you're not stuck with. Yeah. Um, See, I don't work and still, I feel like I still have conflicts. mm -hmm. So it's not solely based on, you know, professional environments. I mean, like road rage would be something I would encounter on a daily basis, but um, yeah, there's still conflict between Ben and I, I feel like it doesn't escalate. Maybe it's just the way we view conflict and fighting differently too. I can, I can think we're just having a conflict and it morphs into this fight and maybe we duke it out and then it morphs back into this little conflict again. To me, that's how I feel about it, but it's just the way that I process things maybe. So here, here's a fun fact. Um, and you guys will learn a little bit about Taylor when I say this. Taylor, I need to know if this is a conflict or if this is a fight. If I bring you single stuffed Oreos, just regular <laughs> Oreos, conflict or is that fight? Uh, that's a tough one because it's you <laughs> and you're my friend and you know the right answer it would probably be a fight. <laughs> But like, why the heck did you do this? <laughs> See, the, the fun fact about Taylor is Taylor will only eat the double stuffed Oreos. Oh. I think the exact words are none of that single stuffed stuff. <laughs> crap. Yes, none of that single stuffed crap. So I knew at that point that that was a, a point that she was not willing to compromise on. That was but, a hill I will die on. So that's a good opportunity for me to avoid. I'm just going to avoid that. And we're just going <laughs> to, we're not even going to discuss it. I'm just going to know for certain that this is where we stand. Although we do discuss that topic quite often. It is. It is one of my favorite fun facts about you. Oh, geez. And then I, I'm all right with that. And I mean, I think this podcast is a, a fun collaborating and I think accommodating. True. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've come together and the brainchild and ideas and then figuring out where we want to go and adjusting yeah. and ebbing and flowing so yeah i like that maybe we need to do one that's like competing but we gotta think of something i'm sure there's plenty of things that i can fight you on okay i don't <laughs> i'm not a good fighter i would say that would be of all of them if there was a test like the love language test that we talked about in one of the other ones i would probably have like zero well there is the anger quiz which we mentioned in the love languages podcast oh, yeah and then if and you listen if you listen to our last podcast about fighting, we can you can listen to that and learn how to fight fair. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think there is a quiz about that too. Yes. Let's see. So. I would say that competition would probably be the least that I'm able to do. I just maybe that's why I never really like competition sports. I just really I don't care who wins. It's most of the time. If I don't win, that's okay as long as we're both like come out happy or resolved or whatever the word. Yeah. I, I enjoy competition. I I'm competitive about some of the dumbest things. Um, 
you know, I will race, I will race myself to get things done. So I'm competitive with myself. Part of it could be a motivating factor. Yeah. So it could be the the core being of who you are and what motivates you. Yeah. I'm also, if you listen back to the Enneagram podcast, I'm a five. So I I like to feel confident and I like to feel smart. So being able to do things and do things quickly and efficiently and know things um, makes my heart happy. Yeah. Getting better and better. And yeah, I think I would say Ben is definitely competitive within himself right now, especially is learning. I'm learning more about him in that aspect, realizing that, oh my, he, he can beat himself up. You know, there's an, un, an, an unhealthy level to that. I feel like our internal critic, my internal critic is probably the hardest Yeah, le- learning to not listen to that most of the time. Yeah. Cause it's usually not the peace, loving, caring, merciful God, Holy spirit within you. That's yeah, no. That sense. No, sometimes I think my inner critic doesn't know God at all. <laughs> that little brutal thing on your shoulder, is it? Yes, yeah. Just I I can be brutal to myself and um I will I will accommodate or even just compromise my own self to not have the internal conflict to myself. Mm. You know, I'm just I'm not going to deal with that emotion or I'm not going to deal with that right now. Maybe avoiding would be a good one too. Yes. Or, I'll do this, but I'm not going to get emotional about it or I'm, or I'm going to cry, but I've got a 10 minute time frame, So you're allowed to cry for five minutes. And I know that sounds dumb and heartless, but that's, that's how my brain has compartmentalized and, and managed, learned to manage conflict. I used to be really good at just avoiding. Hence probably part of the reason I'm good at just boxing things out. But is that yeah. where we all start? Is that we just all avoid? I, Cause I would say that's probably where I started too, is avoiding. And you yeah. know, the, that's a really good conversation too, because then you can go into the nature versus nurture debate. Is it just who mm. you are by nature or did, is that how you grew up and that's what caused it? So, yes, yeah. I love that debate. I think about that debate constantly. Maybe we should talk about nature versus nurture sometime. That might be, have to be like a five part conversation. <laughs> so I think we, we've set some really good groundwork for what, what conflict management can look like. Again, this is not all inclusive. This is not everything that we know, but it, it's what we know to an extent. Um, and I think it's allowed allowed at least the conversation to start about the different tools that you can have in your toolbox to handle conflict uh, healthier and be able to face it head on and or avoid when need to. So definitely gives you... It's given me an opportunity to kind of reassess myself and look to see what am I doing? Where can I, where can I tweak and grow? Because I think it's always, always the best thing is it's a learning process along the way. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. It's just, that's the truth. And if you, you're not continuing to better yourself or trying to better yourself, you know, it's just a tough, tough rut to be in. So, yeah. So we've talked fighting and we've talked conflict. Um, So hopefully Hopefully you've learned some valuable tools along the way and we will see you for next week's episode.